We're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590. The Fan, we just looked at the lines for tonight's Raptors-Nuggets game, and we are very confused with what we are seeing as the Denver Nuggets are dogs. Like, I know OG did a good job on Jokic. Maybe you could fade Nikola Jokic tonight if you thought that that was a repeatable thing. But we must be missing something. Maybe we are, but... Western Conference leading Denver Nuggets. Crazy. It's crazy. Dogs. Wake and rate, question mark. You got another uh, half an hour to send in your picks at 590-590. We had a successful Monday and Friday. We're on a two-win streak here, so jump on board. Let's get it going. Neil in Newfoundland sent his in. He he got back in the win column yesterday. Everyone got off the schneid yesterday. It's a great day to have a great day. So send that in at 590-590. Let's talk to our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's Will Liu, host of the Raptor Show. How's it going, Will? What's going on? Oh, you know, we're just waiting anxiously to hear more about another event you're hosting. You never stop, eh? You're a grinder. Oh, that's coming from you. I just I just read your feature in The Athletic. Uh, well, that well that was me ending a job. So you're, you're adding things <laughs> okay. onto your plate. All um, right. Tell us about your event on March 29th. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's going to be the closing party for um the the Quell now um um group which is uh as I understand they represent um a lot of uh chefs and restaurateurs in the city and um they they're trying to really use this conference to really affect change and sort of um discuss sort of what the industry leaders um are doing uh, specific in the restaurant space but yeah they they wanted to have a, a raptors focused event at the end of it um and they really liked our live shows um so we got in touch with Bobby Webster and yeah we're we're we're, we're raising funds essentially to um towards his uh, uh scholarship fund mm-hmm. um so He's making a, what I would say is a rare public appearance. I feel like he doesn't really do these things that often for Bobby. But at the same time, like, you know, he's a friend of the program. He's a guy who um, I've always had pretty good relationships with. And, um, yeah, we get to get to know sort of his story, sort of his path towards um, getting to the top of the league. And, you know, probably ask him a couple questions about, you know, trading for Kawhi, <laughs> not trading for KD, you know, the usual mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I'm not going to grill him or anything. I don't think <laughs> it's that kind of event, but, you know, I'll slip some in because I, I can't help it. No, I mean, we were like, I was extremely impressed that Bobby Webster would you make an appearance like this, obviously with you guys, no doubt. But I messaged Justin right away and I said, can you imagine we had like Dubis? Like it just, it's so different, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine Dubis ever coming to do an event and sit up on the stage, but like you guys have cultivated this really good relationship with him. Um, your fans will be so fired up to go. Um, I guess just congrats on it. Like, I think it's really, really awesome and special and we're excited to share it. Everybody can go check it out. Um, I've retweeted the tweet, but go to William Lou, William underscore Lou at Twitter. If you want to take a look um, how to get there, but tickets, uh, I believe are $50. Is that right? That is correct. Cool. That is correct. And again, we are donating towards mm-hmm. his uh, scholarship fund, and you know we're hoping to hit, hand him a, a, a decent sized number at the end of the night. Hell yeah, I'm all over it. Hopefully, get to be there in person. Um, okay, let's talk about <laughs> the Raptors. So yeah. I love listening to the post game uh, Raptors pods because you you live right in the moment. You're not filtered. You don't take too much time. Um, to kind of sometimes like cultivate your thoughts, which I think is really special because you're living in the moment, right? And like that's like if I'm coming for a reaction, I want a reaction right away. So following your, uh, I guess, your highs and lows over the last road trip was something. Um, a couple of disappointing ones. 
No, <laughs> mostly lows, but you find a way to look for some positivity. But just like, how are you feeling coming back home? Um, I mean, for them coming back home here after a one and four road trip that, you know, now puts them in a spot where they're back fighting and maybe closer to lottery. And now we're questioning everything again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling too optimistic about it, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, I think if you want to take the glass half full approach and I've listened to all the interviews and stuff like the players, the coaches, they do insist that like there is good basketball being played. Um, but what they're leaving out of that sentence is that there's also horrible basketball being played. You know, um, I would have to say the bench has just been very disappointing over the course of this road trip. Um, the one game where the bench came to play and, and that was the one win that they had against Washington. They had the split in uh, D.C. And that was the game where Gary had like 26 points off the bench and continued to play. And he played in overtime as well. So it's like, okay, um, that day the bench came to play. But in general, um, the second unit has just been comically bad. And I think that the Lakers game was was one of the more um, one-sided games I've seen where the starting unit, um, even with Pascal not playing at his best at, at all, um, you know, were still able to carry the, the way. And it started off with a double-digit lead. And, you know, even as the team fell into a funk in the third quarter, they pulled them out of that funk and got them back into a double digit lead and then once again the bench comes in and spoils everything um it's 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 not optimistic i think just because of the fact that um i think in the bigger picture the raptors wanted to show faith in this group they did do that they brought in yaka protal the starting lineup has been very successful with yaka protal in it um however i think it's sort of put off the rest of the team where in the meantime people are having to scramble to find some new roles Gary coming off the bench, Precious coming off the bench, and those two were the two worst players on the court um, when the Raptors lost to the Lakers um, in that sort of embarrassing fashion. So, you know, I, I think, again, in the bigger picture, like, they're trying to make this playoff push, and all season they've been sort of hovering around 500. Um, they've been below 500 for months now, really. Mm-hmm. And we keep looking at, like, there is a six-game homestand coming up. There is a five-game road trip coming up. There's this and this coming up in the schedule. And if the Raptors just do this, you know, they're going to put themselves in a better position. And I mean, we're, we're through like literally we're, we're on March 14th talking about like, oh, can the Raptors put something together? Like they, they got to put something together just to get back to 500 at this point, you know? So um, it's tough. It's tough. I think that, that that road trip was, you know, ironically, one of those opportunities to sort of come together and, and make some statement wins. The Raptors have had, Lots of success against the Lakers in the past, especially on the road. Um, I think they've won there for seven straight years. And there are so many memorable moments of like beating the Lakers. Like Kyle Lowry's last game in the Tampa season was against the Lakers. And he had like 37 and Pascal had like 40. And and they beat the Lakers at that time. And they ended their playoff hopes. And it was like, wow, that was a great moment. Um, obviously, it was they didn't do anything for the Raptors' bottom line because they were tanking that year. But even when the Raptors were bad, they were still able to go to LA and have these statement wins. Versus now, it's like okay, that was an opportunity missed, and um, you know, hopefully they can you know rally together and get one tonight. Uh, the Nuggets are sort of reeling right now. I kind of understand why they're dogs, but at the same time, you know, they're still one of the best teams in the league, and um, the Raptors are just another very frustrating roughly 500 team with the bench specifically it's like it's hard to consider it a talent issue right like especially since Pirtle came in bumping both or either Gary Trent Jr. or Precious Achua into that role like 
I don't know. I'm looking around the uh, six-man board and quickly and Brogdon. Like, I feel like Gary Trent Jr. could have six-man sort of potential at the high end of his ceiling if he played in a winning environment and was able to be his best self on a nightly basis. Like, I'm looking at that bench thinking, okay, the talent is there. Why isn't this working? Why isn't it working in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally fair. Like, I think, um, you know, the talent on paper is should be a lot better than what we saw in the past road trip. Um, okay, so I think a couple of things. Number one, I think the bigger issue right now is both Gary and Precious are very, very much struggling in their roles when they were both doing very well in the starting lineup. Now, it was never going to be a long-term thing for them to just stay in the starting lineup because I don't think the Raptors as a team were, like, blowing teams out with those guys in the starting group. But for them personally, it really helped them to play alongside of playmakers. Gary, even though he's a guy who can get his own offense, um, is at his very best when he's actually finishing plays. So when he's playing beside Pascal, for example, who has probably the biggest effect on whether Gary plays well or not. Um, you know, he's very good on catching shoots and stuff like that. But I think now they're asking him to create more of his own offense as, you know, those guys you're describing coming off the bench, like a Quigley, like a Brogdon, like a whoever, uh, Montreal's Benedict Matherin. Um for those guys to have success, I think, especially with Gary, because he's not really creating that much separation on his own. Like, he's not going one-on-one that often. Um, like, he needs to be able to work with a pick-and-roll partner. And I think that when you look back on the film on a lot of these plays, you're just like, it's kind of shocking how often Precious just screws up screening for the ball or screening for Gary to get going. They need to develop some sort of chemistry instantly. Um, to to really sort of stabilize that bench group because so many plays, whether it's Gary coming off ball from a screen from Precious or Gary having the ball and getting a screen from Precious, they need to figure out how to play in that um, scenario. And to be honest, I'm not surprised that they don't have much chemistry in that because when they were both in the starting lineup or even when Precious come off the bench and Gary was starting, like those guys didn't really combine for many plays. Um, You know, now they're actually having to combine all the time. And so... Um, yeah, th- that's to say that, like, look, it's, it is still disappointing. It's not stuff that, like, you know, it's 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 so hard to do or it's um, it, it's going to take a long time or a whole training camp to learn how to play pick and roll with each other. But those two struggling at the exact same time has really tanked the bench performance. I mean, for Precious, too, I feel like there's almost a bit of a loss of confidence as well. Perhaps it's just, like, the fact that everyone's really focusing in on this and or, you know, even the Lakers game, he got benched. But... He's, it feels like he's screwing up some of the very basics of basketball, like screening, like making the right defensive rotations. Like he'll come in the game the last time they played um, the Nuggets, and he he just committed like three fouls in three minutes, and then he couldn't play for the rest of the first half. Was just like, you know, you just got to be more prepared than that, right? And so I think for Precious to start from the defensive end, he really needs to lock into his role. And Nick talked about how you know what it, you know this him at center might not be working. We might have to bring in Christian Coloco from the G League to sort of really stabilize on that front. We'll see if that works. Um, Christian has been pretty solid on defense all season. It's just the other stuff that concerns you. But um, at the same time, like you know, I, I think Precious really needs to start to get going, and 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 so too does Gary. Um, but uh, you know, the bench on paper should make a, a lot more sense, especially considering that they've added more and more rotation pieces. Um, but, you know, at the same time, the bench is kind of just what it is. And, and I think Nick is once again stuck having to play his starters a lot of minutes 
just to sort of remain competitive, which is ironic because that was the issue they had, you know, before the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And they made a conscious effort to say that they wanted to play some other players and help, you know, with some development. But at this point, it's not looking like it's working to have both (laughs) things at the same time. Um, You mentioned the the starters. Well, Pascal seems to have taken a little bit of a step back as of late, uh, 20 or fewer points in six straight games uh, after being on a really good run right there of uh, a couple 25-plus point outings stringed together. What do you make of just the dip in performance as of late? I know players go through ups and downs all season long, but it's not coming at a good time, especially when, you know, you wanted to be one of the top five players in the NBA this season and uh, you haven't you haven't been there as consistently as we would have liked. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've entertained theories in terms of just like, you know, is he tired, right? Because mm-hmm. he does lead the league in minutes. Or is it Jakob Pertl came in and, and cramped the spacing, which I, I would say is possible. But to be honest, I actually think that the pick and roll with him and Yaka is working pretty decently. Um, to me, I'm just like, Pascal's just slumping. Like, I, I don't think there's like a, a bigger conspiracy <laughs> or even like a bigger reason for it. I think, you know, as you mentioned, like players do go through ups and downs. And for Pascal, he has been very consistent throughout the year and instead is standard at a very high level and that's why he made the all-star game that's why you know um i mean that's that's why the raptors came out to a decent start to the start of the season before he got hurt but um yeah i mean his standard is quite high and i think it's pretty jarring like for example this past road trip um when the raptors were away from scotiabank for five games two of those games pascal didn't even go to the free throw line once Mm -hmm. and those are the only two games all season where he didn't get to the free throw line you know, and and so I think for him, it's just like he's got to find his spots. He's got to get going again. Um, I think probably for Nick, he can probably call more plays for Pascal. It's not like Pascal doesn't have the ball either, though. Um, but, yeah, it just feels like Pascal has to get into his spaces a little bit more. I feel like he's definitely playing a lot more pick and roll to accommodate Yak, which is fine. I think that's that's OK. Um, but I think even the other things he's got to focus in on defensively, there's been some lapses. You know, he's taken some intentional fouls sometimes to just to stop the fast break, which Luckily, he's gotten away with like the Raptors aren't, you know, being slapped with the, uh, you know, the new rule where you get the, the the extra free throw and also the opposing team gets the possession. Like, um, but still, you can tell that some of those are frustration fouls. And I think, you know, it's interesting listening to him and uh, his comments at practice yesterday. He, he gave a pretty long answer to, uh, to 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 Michael Grange, our teammate here at Sportsnet, where, you know, he he talked about how like. It's the same stuff he used to talk about back when he was in Tampa, where it was just sort of like finding the joy in the game and sort of maintaining that brilliance and that uh, that uh, energy game in and game out. And I think he'd said so without kind of saying it, but I do feel like over the course of the road trip, there were probably some frustrations for him personally where it was just like he didn't have that same energy. And so, look, listen, as the leaders of the group, with, with him and Fred, like, there's no excuse, right? You need to see it consistently. So I don't think anyone's necessarily trying to hear that, you know, you're... you're I guess people aren't so sympathetic to it. Um, but I think it's just the realities of the season. Like, he's been excellent for, like, 80% of it. And so, right now, obviously, with the Raptors in the playoff chase, they need him to be at his very best. And um, hopefully, coming home, we'll just sort of flip that for him. But I think he recognizes that he wasn't at his best. And um, I think, again, like, I think it's entirely within his own control to get out of the slump more than anything else. Because yeah, I, th- I think that's just that. It's just a slump. Uh, we're chatting with host of the Raptors show, Will Liu. Uh, you're just getting started this morning, Will, but uh, Howard Beck maybe gave you guys uh, something to talk about on your show later today at 2 p.m. Uh, he brought up an idea that he had heard from someone, shared it on the low post, that the management team, Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri, believe in this core still and, and through and through while 
the players might view things differently and they don't believe in what's happening. They don't believe maybe in each other or the concept or the team or the coaching staff or whatever narrative you really want to spin on it. But if there is like a, like a, a, a difference between the belief, the players and the management team, like, what does that say more? Who does who that look worse on? Like, is it is it bad on the management team for not believing what they're seeing or not communicating with the players? Is it bad on the players for, you know, maybe giving up on what management still deems as something that can be successful? Like, how do you view the idea that the management team believes, but the players don't? I mean, it's hard to measure if the players do or don't, you know, like I, I'm not seeing that many guys on the court just like flat out quit or anything like that. Um, but I mean, I, I think there is something to it in the idea that like the management team still has a very strong um, confidence in the roster, despite the the roster not meeting any of the expectations that um, were set forth for them this year. I mean, when you look at the bigger picture, like the Raptors had multiple exit ramps right like they're on the highway they're with this like six nine group and they're like all right we're, we're going and last year you know like um started slow but we finished strong and even in the playoffs it's like okay we lost in six but you know we, we've fought back and all that kind of stuff made it six in the first place um but they had exit ramps right they, they had opportunities in the offseason where it was like kevin durant's available of course it's going to cost you a big part of your core because you know his kevin durant but hey listen kevin durant's available how often can you say that right and then, like, Donovan Mitchell's available in the offseason. And you do hear the Raptors link to those, although it wasn't the same amount of noise as it was with KD. Um, so you don't take those two exit ramps. You continue down this road. You're four games under 500 at the trade deadline. And, again, that's another exit ramp opportunity where it's like, well, okay, we could tank. Um, and, again, it's gonna, probably going to cost you trading some of your rotation pieces, right? Like, that was the talk of the entire NBA was sort of, like, what's the Raptors going to do? And, ultimately, they swerve. Um, they don't just like don't take the extra tramp. I guess they go on the, the express and they're like, you know what? Actually, let's get Yaka Proto in this situation. And right now, when you look at it, ironically, they're still four games under 500, um, just like they were at the trade deadline. And so, yeah, I would say on the bigger picture, what that says to you is that the, the front office is still confident in this group. Now, I don't think people are trying to hear that because I, I think at the same time, we're all watching this product. And mm. it's not just that the Raptors like, are incapable, right? They definitely play good basketball for extended stretches. Um, it's that the Raptors are starting to now lose in the worst way possible, which is like you're winning and then you, you you have the rug pulled under you from in the fourth quarter. That happens quite often. And it does bring this like super frustrating feeling after losses that might hit harder than a usual loss. And so, I mean, I think for the front office, they're trying to be unsentimental about it. They're trying to look at the talent on paper and they're like, okay, this fits. Right. And so maybe you look at other things, right? Okay. If the talent's there on paper, but the results aren't, perhaps we change the coach. Perhaps we change the system. Perhaps we change this and that. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, I think for this group, they, they do feel some pride in, in, in the group they put together. And the talent on paper is better than what the results are on the floor. But, um, yeah, I think these are serious questions that they got to assess in the offseason. And again, maybe they eventually take that exit ramp. But right now, they're still firmly on this on this road to, um, well, I guess road to the play-in uh, with this current group. <laughs> yeah. It's not so sexy when I describe it like no, this. No, hold on tight on that steering wheel, white knuckling as we try to head into <laughs> try to head into the play-in. Eh? Um, I want to ask you about Fred um, and his comments. I know you guys talked about it on your show, but we haven't got a chance to chat. Um, I know it's maybe feels like that 
the Raptors always have a comment, a comment or a frustration with refereeing as of late, you know, stems from Nick Nurse as well, being quite animated and uh, heated on the sidelines. And, and we saw what happened with Scotty Barnes and then Fred's comments in the media. Um, what's your, just like your pulse right now on how this team deals with adversity, maybe just like feeling slighted at times by refereeing. And, and obviously I think we could agree there was a, that pretty bad night there where Scotty got, you know, ejected for something that we don't really know, but just how you guys are discussing this and the problem that the NBA might have with uh, officiating. I mean, if it's a problem that the NBA has, then it's just, the Raptors are the same problem as the rest of the league, mm-hmm. right? I don't think any officials in the league are out to get the Raptors. But they um, think I so, don't, don't they? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but every pl- I feel like mm-hmm. every player and coach thinks so to some degree, and I think you definitely think so more when you're losing. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and whatever, like that Scott Foster ejection, like, that is a that's a very hard ejection to swallow at that pivotal point in the game. Like even at that moment, not to revisit this because that was such a big talk last week, but it was like you have you're you're down one with a guy going to the free throw line to shoot two free throws. Even if he makes both, it's still one possession game. You slap on the technical foul on top of that, and you eject the player. You are now making a two possession game, and you are kicking one starter out the game. You know, like that's just like okay, you just never really see that in that moment. Um, but I, I think for, in the bigger picture, too, I, I think for the Raptors, like, uh, I, my preference would be just for them to, like, focus less on the officiating. Like, that's not something that they can control. To some, Like, obviously, there is always a temptation for teams to influence officiating in every single sport. Um, but, like, to be honest, it's not really going to change too much, right? And I think that, you know, that sometimes takes away the focus. I think you made a great point about the Raptors responding to adversity. They got to do a better job of it, right? Like, a lot of the times that you see, like, okay, they'll miss a shot and then they'll hang their heads or they'll commit a frustration foul. And it's just like, and that, and that's, you know, top down from the leaders of the team, whether that's Scotty or Pascal or Fred or, you know, OG. Like, all these guys, like, have those moments. And I think it just trickles down into the rest of the team. Like, yes, they have to be mentally stronger to fight through some of those moments. Like, this is sports. Not everything's going to go your way. And to be honest, the Raptors aren't so talented where they should have such a large margin of error where they can just overcome that. They don't have that, right? So I think what they need to do is come together and put together a full 48-minute effort to get wins. Like, they need to maximize on the good that they do and then, of course, minimize on the bad that they do. And I think that when they focus on things like the officiating or they let miss shots that affect how they play on defense, you are essentially cratering your own results. And that's part of the challenge of being a good team. So, um, and I think on the point of the officiating, it's just like for Nick, like he's got to be the one that calms down on the officiating more than anything else. Because I feel like if he's always screaming at the refs, and how often do we watch the Raptors and the camera pans over to Nick and he's in a deep squat and he looks like his blood pressure is, you know, just off the charts because of how red he is screaming at the last call. It's like if that's the way he wants to conduct himself with the officials, then how does he then talk in the locker room after that game to Scotty and be like, hey, listen, I know it's unfair that you got ejected in the fourth quarter in a very tight moment, but this can never happen. We got to take a better decorum to the officials, right? You can't say that with a straight face when, you know, you are also the one leading that charge. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like the Raptors are definitely a very passionate group and, um, you know, it's it's top down. Like I'm sure Masai gets, you know, uh, slapped with fines and being complaining to the officials too. And he's not even as part of like the coaching staff or the team, but um, they got to calm down a little bit. Like I really do think that they got to focus on maximizing what they have on the court. Like even just giving away one point in the technical foul could could very much change the possession game at the end of a game or whether you win or lose. So, I, I mean... 
yeah, for me personally, I I just rather see them focus on the results on the court rather than what they can't control in officiating. Yeah, it seems like more and more we've been talking about like the only thing Scotty knows at the NBA level is like constant complaining, like an environment where it's just like, yeah, we're we feel aggrieved always, and I'm I'm just not sure how beneficial that is. Last one for you here, Will. I guess like in many ways, whatever way the wind is blowing, that's like the outcome that we zero in on and you know things are pretty negative right now so let's look at the worst case scenario let's say they come in 10th lose in their first game no playoff date it's kind of the worst position they could possibly be in you, you would have some lottery odds but they'd be severely diminished by the the placement in the end and of course getting nothing out of the playoffs um if that is the end result of the season what has to happen this offseason <sighs> That's a good one. Um, I think realistically, based on the way the Raptors have painted themselves into the corner in terms of not taking that exit ramp um, with the the trade deadline, like you probably still have to at least find ways to retain assets in the organization. That means at minimum signing and training, uh, trading some of the players you want to let go of in free agency. I'm thinking specifically of Yaka Pertl, Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent Jr. Those are your three major free agents this offseason. Um at minimum, you got to sign and trade and get something back for them. Um, the other alternative is you sign them. And listen, I, I don't think it's super sexy to be like, all right, we brought back the whole team that just finished 10th. But you still need to at least keep the pieces in your organization so that you can trade them down the line or that they can rehab their value and play better for you and your record improves. I think the worst case scenario would just be another instance of the Raptors having a proven quality player leaving for agency for nothing. Because I do feel like when you trace it back to the, the the championship, like that team, even though that team was older, some of those situations they couldn't have helped. Like obviously, you know, the pandemic and having gone down to Tampa and, you know, Mark wanted to retire and, and, and Serge, you know, being at the end of his career and, and not necessarily offering him the contract that he wanted. Like there are so many guys that ultimately left the team with very little in return, like Kawhi, for example, like you literally lost Kawhi and whatever you knew that was going to happen because he always wanted to go to the Clippers. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it is very hard to rebound from that, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, I'm, if I had to tell you, like, even if they finish 10th, I still think they bring back a lot of the pieces so long as there are value contracts because the Raptors need to hold on to as much value in an organization as possible. Um, if there's a great signing trade, you do it. If there's a, you know, great trade for OG in the offseason, um, I, I can I'm find it hard to believe that you'll see more on the table for OG in the offseason or at the draft versus what we saw the trade deadline but at the same time if that opportunity arises the raptors can also explore that avenue but um i think the only guarantee is that you don't trade scotty barnes i think that's the one guarantee well lots of important decisions and games to be played down the stretch will uh looking forward to the raptor show later today and then you breaking it down tonight um post game nuggets here at the raptors at 7 30 thanks for joining us this morning and good luck with the uh event and we'll make sure we keep promoting it for you Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. That's Will Liu, host of the Raptor Show, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. So once again, Will and Alex are going to be hosting a live event with special guest Bobby Webster. Now, this is on March 29th, and that's at the Axis Club on College Street. You can check out Will's Twitter or our Twitter. We retweeted it um, for tickets for this and donations will be going towards Bobby Webster's scholarship fund. Yeah, big event. I mean, the mood will be good because it's a Will and Alex event. That's right. They can pull anything out of anyone. But Bobby Webster, man, there might I don't know, people might not be too happy with uh, Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri. questions. 
<laughs> there, there might be. I, I don't know. They'll probably be pretty protective of Bobby, of course. They but, might filter uh, that. There might be a couple people in that audience willing to uh, grill the Raptors GM if things continue to go south here over the next, I guess, two weeks before that event. We can prepare if you had one question and you, you could ask Bobby Webster with the true serum that we always mention. Ooh. What would that be? Ooh, put me on the spot That's here. also my mom's birthday. March 29th? 29th. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful uh, day. Let's think about that. Yeah. No, I don't have, you don't have to answer now, but I think it's an interesting thing to ponder. True serum. You're at Will and Alex's event. Bobby Webster's on the stage. You get the mic. He has to answer, honestly. You don't, you know, they put some true serum in his water. You that's, got a moment, Justin. That stuff Justin. works every single time. You got a moment. You stand up. Hey, I'm Justin Cuthbert from the Fan Morning Show. Just wondering, Bobby, blank. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, why the Nuggets are underdogs in tonight's game. Yeah. <laughs> we do have the wake and rake next on the other side of the break. Raptors and Nuggets to set up. We have. I got it, by the way. Okay. What was on the table for OG at a night? 100%. And do you really think it's going to be available this offseason? Shut down Jokic again tonight, and it might be. You're right. Um, our NCAA March Madness Bracket Challenge is in the works. It seems like we might be able to secure a prize this time around. So stay tuned. We'll uh, make sure we have that out tomorrow, the latest, obviously, because games start real soon. But we just, we're just we working on something for you. We want to have something stakes higher so we just don't want to really put it out there until we're, we're really ready. Yeah, it'll be a short little turnaround, which is maybe a good thing. Because if there is a prize. Less thinking. And we want to get a lot of people involved, maybe, you know, maybe just because it's a short 48-hour window, better chance at that prize. <laughs> but we hope a lot of people are involved. And I think a lot of people will be. So we can start teeing up uh, March Madness as well. There's World Baseball Classic, Canada and Columbia, and a must win today. Send in your picks at 59590. We'll get to all of that on the other side of the break on the Fan Morning Show. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. Let's make it three in a row for our Wake and Rake. Friday hit, last night hit. Maybe a push on one of them, depending if you got the over seven or the over six and a half. Nonetheless, it's win to win. I feel like there are people a little reluctant to try to keep the streak going. We don't have many anchor selections in. So They're all a late, in the dough this morning. A late call out. If you want to get in, we might, we'll still consider it. We usually like to shut it off around this time, but we'll take we'll it. take a few more awake and rake selections at this point. No problem. Um, Producer Daniele informed me that today is a very important holiday. Go on. National Potato Chip Day. <laughs> Any excuse that I can get to eat a bag of chips, I'm sold. That's it? That's, I'm you already going to eat a bag of arm? chips, but today I will celebrate with whoever is interested in being a part of this national holiday, National Potato Chip Day. How I've, often are you putting back a bag of potato chips? I've actually been pretty good. I haven't been eating them much lately. Mm. But that can end real quick. You get one bag, and then you're like, well, I might as well get this other one because it's usually two for whatever deal. And then you've got two in the cabinet, and then you just, you know, My issue is if it's in the cabinet. No, there's no slow. That's the problem. I am just, it's got about two hours of shelf life. Wow. It's done. I can't control myself. You know what? I bet you're a guy that does not own, like, a chip clip. Like, you're crinkling it up. No need for a chip clip if you're just, 
if it's a one sitting type of thing. Well, I hope you get an opportunity to celebrate today. I won't be. A very special, okay. Fitness fanatic. Nah, there, right? just, you know. Fit you op- fam. You, you open that door and it's just. But it's, today's a cheat day. It's, you're celebrating with the, the world. That's true. Maybe, maybe, oh. I'll, maybe I'll throw, maybe a little Pringles or something just to keep things, yeah. you know, like Pringles. That's fine. No free ads. That's fine. It just, it probably isn't better for you, but it feels a little bit more restrained. When it's just the tube. No? I get, yeah, yeah. I think there's less in there. There might but not your be, hand, though. We start really having to get your hand down there. And the you're worst like, part of Pringles is when, like, the sides of your hands yeah, get greasy. Because you're like, <laughs> the only reason it can go down is that the sides are greased up for you. All not right, a, well, I might have to, uh, I might have to indulge. Um, I will be hosting Tim and Friends tonight. With Jesse Rubinoff co-hosting, so that in itself, I mean, stay that's a reward for. I deserve a bag of chips show. after that. You should bring Rubinoff oh, chips. You're right, but there might be sponsorship things. I'll just put them in a in a bowl. Yeah, a little like a generic bowl. You, know you should definitely. Bring okay, well, Jesse I hope he's chips. not listening because I'm gonna do that. He won't be listening. What? He's a huge fan. I know. He's but been like, on the show many times. He, uh, know, he's got. A, he's he's on Tim duties. You're on right, Tim busy. duties. You got to do a little bit more preparation, I think. Well, Tim and Friends tonight, tune in, uh, 5 p.m. I'm also hosting Tim and Friends again tomorrow night. <laughs> wow. And I got a puppy this is yesterday. Some serious so time away from your puppy. Things things are happening real quick here. Um, not a lot of sleep this week, but worth it. So tune in, please, and support. Go uh, team, go. You don't have to twist my arm. I'll be there with a bag of chips. All right, I love that. Uh, okay, so Raptors Nuggets tonight, 7:30 p.m. Raptors, as we just keep keep taking a look at, somehow favorites. I mean, they've, they've played pretty well at home as of late, but it's the Denver Nuggets. Um, just now I've seen the line move to like half point, so it's kind of like a coin toss at this point. But. So I don't get that line, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But one more I want to just talk about a little NBA future that I also don't Ooh. understand the line on. The Atlantic Division, home of the Toronto Raptors. Current favorites, the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. pretty considerably. But you look at the uh, standings right now. Philadelphia 76ers just one game back. One game back, and they are plus 650 to win the Atlantic Division. Boston Celtics are minus 1,200 with a one-game lead, and they are free-falling in the standings. They lost to the Houston Rockets just last night. Is it like a big schedule discrepancy in terms of difficulty of games? I did check that. Boston has a middling schedule. Top five hardest schedule goes to the 76ers. But the 76ers are a good team. I don't wow. th- I don't think there's like a massive difference between what, we're 15, what, 15, 16, 17 games left. It's not a huge difference, and they play each other, so they're gonna have that opportunity to beat them head to head. I believe the tiebreaker goes to Boston, so it's really a one and a half game mm. deficit that they have to overcome. But at plus six fifty, the way Boston's good. playing, and you don't have to wait that long, that's only gonna be in the account for what five, six weeks mm-hmm. max. I have the 76ers already. If I didn't, I'd be betting plus 650 right now. All right. Futures Cuthbert. It's a big one. I like it. Did I convince you? Uh, yep. I'm already betting it. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, okay. We're getting some more anchor picks in here. People are fired up to be a part of the hopeful three-peat. Um, okay. So talked about the holiday. Talked about your future Raptors Nuggets want to put together our parlay and then have some time for kickers? Let's do it. Okay. Um, well, a huge slate of NHL hockey tonight. There's like 15 games. 
I am going to go from the Leafs. I mean, from the league. Um, I'm going to take the Kings just in straight up money line over the Islanders. I went back and forth on a few picks I really like as well. And I'm going to say it just in case it hits and I have a, you know, a backup here. It was going to be Stars to beat the Canucks. Stars are on a back-to-back, but the Stars are a good team and they're trying to keep their stranglehold atop in the West. But uh, I'm just going to go Kings on the money line hosting the Islanders. The Kings are in the same spot where they're a team playing for something and they're a better team than the Islanders. So I, I get a little risky with the 7.30 p.m. start time, but I'm going to do it. All right. Sounds good. Why, wait, why is line. the 7.30? Oh, the 10.30. 10.30. That's good. No, if you don't, if you really don't trust it, you can hedge out. That's always fun. King's uh, money line. Boom. King's money line. Easy one for Ailish. Okay, so uh, I was... Okay, so we had a lot of success yesterday with the... Just a, across the board. Mm-hmm. Neil gets back on track tennis-wise. And uh, a successful first strike when it comes to the World Baseball Classic. The over between Canada and the <laughs> United States cashed before I think we got through three <laughs> half innings. Uh we said on the show yesterday, do we blindly take overs here? Big time. Canada and Columbia today, this afternoon, 3 o'clock. The line is 11 and a half, though. Oh. In Columbia, Canada, like this, nah, probably not murderer's row in terms of the batting order on both sides. Noah Skiro is on the mound for Canada. I got to admit, I don't know the fella that's going to be on the mound for Columbia. Yeah, maybe there's the opportunity for a big-time run output, but also, you know, with Mike Trout and the boys for the United States yesterday, it was only 13. Yeah. So as well, much as we've seen a lot of runs how the scored, mercy rule plays into these things, too. And the mercy rule, too. <laughs> it's like the game's but over, I mean, sorry. I, you, gotta, you need, like, 10 you, runs you to get the mercy 10, rule. Minimum. So, I don't know. I, I thought this would be, okay, we'd be get like, an 8.5 here, Columbia, Canada, and be all over it, but 11.5 seems a bit rich for the over. So I'm going to pass that. The, the line on the game is Canada favorite, minus 135. I don't know if I want to go that route either. I do want to bet this game. Maybe I'll go Canada and the under just for a little separate parlay. All right. But uh, my official wake and rake selection will come from the National Hockey League and one of the hottest teams in the NHL, which is the Vegas Golden Knights. They are in Philly. It is an early puck drop uh, for Vegas. Obviously, they're on the East Coast right now in Philly, but they are minus 110 to win in regulation. Vegas has won three in a row. Philly's lost three in a row. Philly's going through a transitional period right now. I'm not sure how much that really matters, what's going on with Danny Briere. But one team's really good. One team's really bad. Uh, and if it's at a minus 110, not a second half of the back-to-back for either team, I'll just like ride with Vegas. I think minus 110 is a good number. I like that one a lot. So let's go through a pickup anchor, uh, maybe from the Raptors game. We got a couple now in here. Chris and Moncton says, Pens on the puck line. They are playing the Montreal Canadiens who got absolutely smoked last night. Yeah, and the traveling back-to-back for the Montreal Canadiens. I was looking at, at this. I mean, like, puck line minus 135 is tough. Cannot play the three-way money line because it's minus 200, but mm-hmm. Penguins are Penguins are beating Montreal tonight. Big time. Uh, that's a good option. Uh, next up, hey, guys, a few quickies that I know are solid. This is from an unnamed texter. Bridges over points. Cameron Thomas over points plus rebounds. Booker under threes, Wiseman over points and rebounds, Goodness. Brooke Lopez over rebounds and points, all have hit very regularly. We don't have a name there, unless uh, you can pull it for me. He just sent it in again. His name's Cody in St. Catharines. Good old Brooke Lopez has uh, put himself in a 
serious running for defensive player of the year all of a sudden. I think he's the favorite. So uh, he might have a, a lot, lot to, there. He might have a lot to play for if I'm circling any one of those that I know, hey, maybe there's an incentive there. Brooke Lopez to have another good night. Points and rebounds, maybe that's the one. Okay, here's one from the Raptors game tonight. Uh, Jokic double-double with Denver money line, and then nice and easy Devils money line. That's Gary from Caledon. That's interesting. The double-double and money line, you guess you have to put together to get a decent play. I'm I'm curious about Jokic today. Like, I was looking Sorry, at him. That's from Vic Vegas from Bolton. It's a good name. Vic Vegas. Shadow Bolton. <laughs> uh, the I think Jokic is interesting tonight. Like, what what is his... Uh, does, is he bothered by the fact that OG limited him to eight shots that played really, really good defensively uh, last week? I don't know if it really affects him at all. I think the total points, rebounds, assists was under, or the over-under was 47 and a half. I was thinking maybe the under on that, mm. but double-double is always a safe pick, and I, I do like Denver tonight. I mean, short short dogs in Toronto. I'm, I'm, lean, to I'm, I'm leaning team, with Jokic but... in Denver. Um, sorry, that was Devis, Devil's Money Line. Gary from Caledon, somehow they got combined in the same sentence. So Gary from Caledon says Devil's Money Line. Somebody says Malachi Flynn, triple double. Wow, that would be good luck with that. Man, we'd play in the parade. Raps, Nuggets over 227. Those are just a bunch of random okay. picks. Okay. Uh, good morning for my wake and rate today. Okich over 23 and a half rebounds and assists. That's another interesting one. So taking the points out of the equation, he only took eight shots last time. Again, Still rebounds and assists, 24 combined. I know he's the triple-double king. That's a lot, though. It's a big number. Hey, guys, it's Corey from Waterloo. You wanted the college basketball experts to message in, so here I am. I'm also on Marquette for best value. They've been my favorite team all year. P.S., can we get in on the 590 bracket if you don't have Twitter? Yeah, we'll find a way to, like, share the link. Um, Or, like, I'm pretty sure you have a title for your bracket challenge. So we'll make sure we share all that when we do. Yeah. If you we'll, don't find, Twitter, we'll, we'll find a way, a way to get it out uh, in me, through means beyond Twitter, uh, whether it's Instagram, you might have to just search us up on Twitter to find it. Uh, but if you don't have to- Twitter, as long as you have whatever platform we choose, mm-hmm. you can get involved in that pool. Uh, Marquette, I believe is a two seed. I've heard a lot of support for Marquette. Yeah, That's an interesting might one. Might be the team player. I I'll ride with Corey from Waterloo. <laughs> okay, you want to ride? You want to go Marquette team bet? We might have to. Okay. Do good, some research first. Good morning. Uh, this is Neil from Newfoundland. Started the, the week off well. Indian Wells, Von Drusova covered the game spread. Yes, she <laughs> did. Today, Neil's going with Rublev over Nori on the money line. Nori had to come from behind down a set and break versus an inferior player. And Rublev hasn't had much trouble in his first two matches at Indian Wells. Rublev, 6-1 and one versus lefties in the last year. Rublev, money line, minus 145. That's Neil from Newfoundland. All right, Eric from Burlington, good morning. Back on the winning track, time to ruin it. Oh, Eric. Taking the over in the Kings and Islanders games. Kings normally tend to drag defensive teams into an offensive game, so I'll jump at the five and a half. Okay, you can pair that uh, with your Kings money line. And last one, good morning. The anchor selection is over 227 in the Raps Nuggets. Jules is happy, fresh off a Warriors win. Uh, Mikhail Bridges over 25 and a half points for Jules. So Ron likes the over in Raptors Nuggets. Jewels on Mikhail Bridges to go over again. I guess uh, he's scoring a lot of points over there in Brooklyn. Okay, so I kind of want to pick something from the Raptors game just because that's our Toronto sports thing. Well, if, we, we had double support for the over. We have double support for the over. We have a Jokic double-double in Denver mining line. We've got um, his own over assists and rebounds. Was that correct? Jokic over rebounds and assists, yeah, yep. 23 and a half. Um, and then the over in the game. Should we just do the over in the game, maybe? If yeah, I think, I think we did have so yeah, we had two support for or two textures supporting the over. 
Uh, yeah, if you don't want to bet against the Raptors, I guess that's Well, we could certainly right? bet against the Raptors. There, I mean, there's just nothing in there, though, unless you're going Jokic double-double with the money line. That would be a four-leg parlay. I mean, that seems... What about just a Jokic double-double? That's got to be, like, juiced to guess, high heavens. Guess what a Jokic double-double is. Just guess. Minus 350. Minus 2,000. Yeah. Minus 2,000. Yeah, I guess if it was minus 350, you'd be playing it every night. Minus 2,000. So, I mean, you could probably just not do that and protect against an injury possibly, but how are they going to win on the money line without Jokic? I'm not really <laughs> sure. So, yeah, Jokic double. You want to just do Denver money line? Gary from Caledon? Or, sorry, Vic from Vegas. Vic Vegas from Bolton. What about the over? Okay, let's do the over. I'm seeing it. So, we have a text in for um, 227. So, over 227. The last, okay. the, yeah, they went over against the Lakers, under Clippers, over last time, Denver. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the over. And I'm seeing it at 227, so I'm putting that in there, and that's what we messaged in about. So let's put our parlay together. Vegas Golden Knights in regulation over the Flyers. Um, Kings just on the straight money line against the Islanders, and over 227 in the Nuggets-Raptors game tonight altogether, plus 528 for your wake and rake on Beautiful. National Chip Beautiful. Day. Go buy a bunch of chips with that. Okay, so we got a 3 p.m. game here. Columbia, Canada. Mm. Canada short favorites, total at 11.5. That sets up for a good viewing experience. It's a experience. must win. That game for starts Canada. at 3. It might take us all the way to 7.30 and tip off <laughs> of the Nuggets and I Raptors. It probably will. I Maybe it would be split screen it with Tim and Friends and Canada Baseball. There you go. Watch them both. Lots on Sportsnet today. Yeah. No, be, be uh, I, I want to see what sort of chip you bring to Jesse Rubinoff this afternoon. <sighs> Just what I needed was more errands to run today. Well, what do you got on your plate today? Well, I got a puppy to figure out. You got yeah. You got a radio show, a television show, and a puppy. That's a lot. It is a lot. That is a lot. Like people say, hey, yeah, you know, yeah, we don't really lift a finger here. We're not doing too much. A radio, television, and puppy. That is a busy day. Um, good news out of Toronto Blue Jays is that um, John Schneider said that Vladdy is returning a comeback to spring training. Um, after injuring his knee, obviously he pulled out of the World Baseball Classic for that reason. Sounds like he's making some good progress. Um, in the coming days. So whenever that is, stay tuned. Maybe it's for the weekend. Take your time, Vladdy. Yeah? Be right for Couldn't March 30th. That's all that matters to me. Um, Anything else from you? Any more uh, nuggets? Denver nuggets? Any more long shot futures bets that I'm considering? No. You I need always that. have them. I need the... Uh, this is me at the end of any, like, regular season. It's just like, okay, replenish the account a little bit with the ones that we've been waiting on all year. Mm. I'm glad to see our guy Ian Tullock believes that Eric Carlson should win because I've been waiting on that okay, one. Okay, good. But, uh, yeah, in terms of, like, meaningful stuff down the stretch of the NHL or NBA season, doesn't seem like there's that much. No, just get us to the playoffs. We got golf this weekend to continue our Fan X Cup standings. We're going to decide whether we're doing that tomorrow or Thursday morning based on when it starts. I guess they're on the East Coast. We got to do it Wednesday. Feels better to do it on a Thursday, though. It does. Hmm. We'll have to figure it out. But I can't have you looking at a live leaderboard and just picking players based off that. You're right. Um, okay, so Nuggets here against the Raptors, 7.30 p.m. Um, you can catch that at Sportsnet 1. We've got Toronto Blue Jays and the Yankees today live at 
6.35 p.m. on Sportsnet 590. The fans also streaming on sportsnet.ca slash 590, as well as the Sportsnet app. We've got World Baseball Classic Canada and Columbia live at 3 p.m. Full viewing experience. Must all, win for Canada. All day long. Um, and Tim and Friends, obviously, at 5. Definitely tune in. You know I'll be there. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. Thanks for listening this morning to the Fan Morning Show. Uh, happy Tuesday. Everyone will be back tomorrow on the day to break it all down.